Hi, I'm Debbie Harbeck, and I'm a certified life coach working with women in midlife and through the menopause transition. So each week, I'll be sharing the latest information, inspiration, and generate some momentum so you can move forward and feel more in control of your changing midlife body and your life. Let's go. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Midlife Momentum Podcast. Now, if you tuned in last week, you heard me talk about food and specifically the types of food you should consider eating more of in midlife. But before I went into that discussion, I touched on our relationship with food because for most women, we have a pretty shaky relationship with food. And unfortunately, if we don't have this foundation of a strong relationship with food, a a healthy one, then it's really hard to make positive changes to the way we eat. So I really wanna go deeper into that today to talk about why do we have this relationship and also what you can do about it, how you can repair and transform that relationship. If you're like me in midlife, which I assume you are, then you probably grew up in the 70s, 80s, and thinness was a big deal. It still is, in fact. There's still a lot about being thin out there. So we were offered up fad diet after fad diet, and we were surrounded by family and friends who were also being given this information. So probably with the best of intentions, they were telling us maybe we should lose a few pounds or maybe we shouldn't have that second helping. (laughs) So this was going on at home. And then at the same time, we had media and food companies that were preaching to us low fat and no fat. And ironically, since then, we've actually gotten fatter than ever. So obviously, there's something wrong in the messages that we were given back then. And it's become very confusing. We don't know who to trust. We don't know where to get our information. And we don't even know what's best for our bodies. Now, there's that part, the confusing part, and then there's, there's another part that is our emotional dependence on food because a lot of us are depending on food to deal with our emotions. Now, food isn't dealing with our emotions, by the way. It's avoiding our emotions, but we are using food to do that. So instead of feeling angry about a breakup, we go and have a piece of cake or we fall down and hurt our knee, we're offered a cookie. Or rough day at the office, why not stop at Starbucks and get yourself a caramel macchiato with extra vanilla, extra caramel, and maybe some extra whipped cream too. (laughs) I mean, food, it really is the ideal drug to deal with things because it's inexpensive, it's legal, and it's widely accepted. You will get a lot of support for eating your emotions away. But when we use food this way, although we do feel better in the moment, we usually feel horrible later. And then we end up beating ourselves up and punishing ourselves quite possibly with even more food. So as you can see, food, in addition to being confusing, is also a way that we're using to soothe and punish ourselves. So it can feel like we're stuck on this endless, loop roller coaster of pain and pleasure. But the whole time, you are in control of the break. And you might not have known that. You might not have realized that you can stop this ride and you can let yourself off because of your amazing brain, 
we all have this amazing brain, this human brain, and we can override all of this programming. We can do things better. And this is really the answer. This is really how we begin to transform our relationship with food is to become aware and conscious and use this brain that we already have. To do that, you need to take it slowly, one step at a time, master one thing, then move on to the next. And in fact, I'm gonna share five ways of transforming your relationship with food. And even if you just use one of these ways, I'm sure you're gonna get out a lot out of it and you're gonna notice a big difference because I've seen it with my clients, even when they adopt just one of these things, it changes everything because they become a whole lot more aware about what's going on. So I'm gonna share them with you in no particular order. You just pick and choose what you wanna try and here we go. So the first guideline I wanna share is to eat when you're hungry. It seems obvious, and I've talked about it before, and as simple as it sounds, we don't do it. We don't do it exclusively, at least. In addition to eating when we're hungry, what we tend to do is we eat because it's noon, or we eat because there's food on the table, or because everyone else is eating, or because we're bored, tired, excited, sad, angry, you name the emotion. But if we could limit eating to the times when we're truly hungry, I mean physically hungry, you know, those sensations you get like growling stomach and maybe even a headache, um, you know your signs and symptoms, we'd eat a lot less. The truth is that at the extreme, we can actually survive for three weeks without food, three whole weeks. You have enough energy stored in your body right now to last you for at least three weeks. And yet so much of the time, we're afraid to skip a meal. When we get to the point that hunger shows up, we actually tend to panic and we immediately go to the nearest pantry or fridge or convenience store because we wanna make it stop. But hunger, we have to learn this, hunger is not an emergency. And if you wait it out, you discover that your hunger will actually go away and it will come back later. I mean, it's, it's pretty new in our history that we have food available all the time. We don't have to hunt it. We don't have to gather it. We don't even have to wait for it. It's already conveniently available and ready to eat. And three meals a day, well, that wasn't even a thing, obviously, for most of human history. It's only become a thing in the last 200 years because of the Industrial Revolution. And it's kind of stuck. It's kind of become a rule that we should have three meals a day, but it's not a rule. It's just something we've invented to conveniently fit the schedule of our industrial world. And in fact, your body is actually meant to feel hunger. It's actually meant to feel hungry before you eat because it's a sign that whatever you ate before is now digested. And now you can take in more energy. But if you keep feeding yourself without hunger, you're likely taking in too much energy, which then, of course, we know gets stored as fat. So when your body is busy doing all this digesting because it's continuously being fed, it doesn't have a chance to do other things like burn fat or repair cells or improve your brain function or reduce inflammation in your body. 
And more recently, it's been discovered that eating just enough, meaning you allow yourself to be hungry and just eat enough to be satisfied, which I'm going to talk about, it's actually associated with a longer and healthier life. So I'm going to leave this here for now. Yeah, there's a lot more I could talk about. I didn't go into intermittent fasting here, and that's another topic related to this that I will touch in in another episode, but it's a big one. So I'm going to save that for another time. Let's move on to the second guideline, which is eat until you're satisfied. So this is the other end of the spectrum before we were eating when we're hungry and now we're eating only until we feel satisfied. And both of these strategies help you to eat less, of course. You stop when you're satisfied. That means you know what that feels like in your body, but you might not know what that feels like yet. So it takes some experimentation here. You need to tune into your body. You need to be curious. You need to have some awareness. And you just need to experiment first by just stopping every few bites. Just stop and notice how you feel. Are you still hungry? If you still notice those physical signs of hunger, keep eating. But if you don't, if they're gone, you can stop eating and just stop there and just see how long it takes until you feel hungry again. Now, ideally, we don't want to be eating all the times. We want to have at least two, three hours before we have another meal. You'll learn how satisfied feels to you when you can get to that point. So this is something for you to practice. And I know that this is hard for some of us because it requires having to say no sometimes. It requires <laughs> having to say no to people who want to push more food on us. I know it's hard because I have clients who still have trouble saying no to their own mothers when they try to feed them more food because they feel like they are letting them down in some way, that they're disappointing them. But you have to command your body here. You know what's best for your body. And they just aren't you. They don't know how food feels in your body and you do. So it's time to be really courageous and say no when you need to. <laughs> and the next guideline, the third one is to eat slower. Yeah, a lot of us eat too fast. I have to include myself in that group. Although we say we love food because I hear this all the time, but I just love food we're not really enjoying it at all when we eat too fast. We're just scarfing it down and then just shoving more in because we want to keep that taste in our mouth. But when we do that, we, we miss out on everything. We miss out on the real experience of enjoying food. We miss out on knowing what satisfied feels like because we likely blow right past it. And then we start feeling bloated and crampy and and even angry at ourselves because we couldn't control ourselves so slowing down means take your time and it's not just with the goal of eating less but it's just with the goal of appreciating your food and appreciating the moment we want to take the time to really enjoy our food to really enjoy the taste the smell the colors we want to be grateful for the time and attention that it took to create the meal or to grow the food that is behind the meal. Gratitude is a great tool actually for slowing down because you stop and if you're just thankful in that moment, you really can take that time to stop. Slowing down 
is is huge and if you can do it and I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of us but if you can do it it will make a huge difference the next thing you can do is eat what you planned so this is one of the most effective ways to heal your relationship with food is by thinking about it ahead of time so you're putting thought into what you're going to eat you're planning ahead of time not just what you're going to eat but where you're going to eat, how much, when, and who you're going to be eating it with. You think about it ahead. You can actually visualize it so that you can face any roadblocks that are going to come into your path before you even get there. You'll know, you know, what foods are on the menu. You don't have to decide when you get to the restaurant. You've planned it ahead of time. You'll know what foods are served at the party because you can contact the person who's having the party. And if there's nothing that you feel you can eat there, you can bring something. You can offer to bring it. I mean, there's just so much that can go into the planning part that can stop you from eating too much and from just feeling bad about what you've eaten and a lot of times the pushback I get for this one is I have no time to plan but you have to see that that's just an excuse I mean it just takes a few moments and it actually saves you all that worrying and wondering what you're going to do for dinner tomorrow or tonight or what will be served at the party or why you or if you should eat that birthday cake or not you'll have made decisions ahead of time and you won't have to carry that weight around with you about what you're going to do it's already decided so planning is huge and finally the last thing and it's kind of wrapping it up because i talked about it a little bit at the beginning is to feel your feelings now i know it doesn't sound like an eating guideline but it is because as we talked about earlier We use food to deal, which we don't really deal with feelings. We avoid feelings with food. We have to learn to feel our feelings, not avoid them. And how we do this is to be just become very aware. And when you become aware of your body through feeling hunger, or you become aware of feeling satisfied, or when you slow down, you'll become a lot more aware of your emotions along the way. You'll notice when you're eating for other reasons than being hungry. You'll notice that food does make you feel good, but that that feeling good feeling is just temporary. And that food that you ate to feel good is now stuck on your body. So it's just becoming aware of your feelings so you don't get stuck in that roller coaster loop that I talked about. And to do that is to catch yourself in the act of eating when you're not actually hungry. And to, in that moment, stop, sit down, breathe, notice the emotion showing up for you, decide to sit there for two minutes or five minutes, plan it ahead of time. And then just notice how the feeling can flow through you. It can actually dissipate. And in fact, most feelings do not last more than a minute or so. So allow the feeling to pass and then make a choice. Decide, do I want to keep eating this thing or do I want to not? And then don't beat yourself up for the choice that you do make. That's the last part of this because then that will just perpetuate the whole cycle if you start beating yourself up for not making the right decision by stopping. 
Super important, emotions is a huge part of this transformation. So when you can deal with your emotions, you can transform your relationship with food because food no longer becomes a drug. It no longer becomes a way of avoiding stuff. So with that, I just want to thank you for listening to this episode today. And I'm so grateful you chose to join me. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to rate it on Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you're using to listen. I really appreciate it. So I'll be back next week with a fresh new episode. And in the meantime, keep moving forward and bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Midlife Momentum Podcast. If you want to learn more about working with me, come visit me at debbieharbeckcoaching.com. That's Debbie, I-E, Harbeck with a C, coaching.com. See you next week.